The Fend, brought to you by George's Fine Meats in Cherrybrook. Yes, welcome to the grand final edition of the Fend. The big one has been run and won, and the Panthers are still celebrating at the foot of the mountains after a 28-12 win over the Eels in fine style. Welcome to this special edition brought to you by George's Fine Meats Cherrybrook. Adam Hawes with you alongside Tigers great Gary, Jimmy, Jack, Gaz. How are you, and what did you think of the game? It was a great grand final. It was great to watch it, and uh, they thoroughly deserve their second premiership in a row. Okay, we're going to come back to the game and talk about how it was won, how it was lost shortly, and how high we rate this Panthers side in terms of other great teams of the modern era. I want to talk to you about the Dylan Edwards tackle that everyone's raving about, the World Cup squad that's also been announced, so we'll talk about that as well. But as you mentioned, two straight now for the Panthers, three straight grand finals, Congratulations to them. What a club. They've won all four grades this season. It's never been done before. SG Ball, Jersey Flag, New South Wales Cup, first grade. Incredible stuff by Ivan Cleary and his crew out there at the Panthers. And the long wait now continues for the Eels. It's, it's going to grow to 37 years, which is, uh, yeah, tough, tough for Eels fans like myself. It was a bit of a bit of a, bit of of an ask going in and working at 2GB this morning and talking up the Panthers. But what a team they are, and they thoroughly deserve their win. Uh, Jimmy, where was this game won and lost? Yeah, I think it was always going to be difficult not having – they've only got a couple of players that have played in, in you know, grand finals, and that's a huge huge benefit for for, for, you know, for Penrith when they're playing teams with, with, they haven't got their experience. Um, I, I do think that Brad Arthur should have taken up the option to, to, to go to a core stadium the day before the game for a bit of a, bit of a captain's round. I think that would have – Certainly settled some of the nerves before the game, but he didn't. So you know, you know, I know you can say it's just another week. Well, you can you can say that, but it's not another week. You know, it's it's a it's a grand final. So you've got to. You know, I really think that they missed an opportunity there just to relax a little bit more at the ground, go for a run around, just have a bit of a laugh and a joke there together. Um, and really, they were just blown off the park in the in the in the, fir- the first half. You know, they were blown off the park. Uh, Moses Leota, my God, he's a machine. Uh, he wasn't the only one. They were, they were, they just methodically, just absolutely bashed, uh, bashed Parramatta. Parramatta played, look, Parramatta played pretty well, I thought, considering the amount of ball they had and where they were in the field. Uh, but they were just, they were waiting, and Penrith just, just hitting it up and kept hitting it up, and making ten meters every time they ran. Parramatta didn't get off their, off their, off their defensive line, and they just on the back foot for the entire game. Um, you know, I thought uh, that Moses was disappointing. Dylan Edwards, uh, sorry, Dylan Brown, sorry, he was disappointing as well in, in the halves. For them, I thought Gutho had a uh, had a game to forget. Missed a couple of tackles, which was, could have saved a try. So I think he'd be disappointed with his own game very much so. And they, they're the sort of guys you look at just to step up and um, lead by example. But you now where forwards RCG and Paulo, they just got completely dominated by, by, um, by Penrith and uh, they're on the back foot and just couldn't get back in the game. Jimmy, no one was beating Penrith last night. They were just... On another level, and they no. have been all season, and they took it to another level in the finals. I mean, they beat Parramatta by 19 in the qualifying final. They beat Souths by 20 
in the prelim final and they were just totally dominant last night. To be honest, with 20 to go, if you'd have offered me 28-12, I would have taken it because I was fearing a record-breaking loss for my Eels at that point. But thankfully, a couple of late tries. Yeah, Penrith were obviously starting to think about uh, where they are going to have their party and we got back to 28-12, which I'll take because it was flattering because yeah. Penrith were, were far more dominant than that scoreline suggests. But as I said, they thoroughly deserved it because they have been the best side. They It was like they built their whole season up to this game. They were ready to go. They were so hungry. They just bashed the Eels, as you said, and they just had no answers. And like it, I walked away really you know, deflated and frustrated that Parramatta had made another grand final and, and we're going to wait another year. We just didn't name up. But I don't think we played shocking. It wasn't like we were embarrassing and knocking the ball on no. and it over the sideline on the full or oh, into each other. It wasn't like that. But we just got outplayed. We got blown off the park by a far superior team. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Penrith just completely dominated from the, from the kickoff. As I said, Moses Leota and their forwards pack, they just completely outplayed your guys. And your guys tried hard. Uh, full credit to them, but that is probably the best game I have seen Penrith play. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Certainly all season. That was their like. If you want to take your A game and you want to produce it on on Grand Final day, that's exactly what they did. It's almost like they were they were teed exactly for that for everyone to hit their best form on the one day. Yep. And um, no one was going to stop them last night. I don't care who you are. No one was going to stop them. You know, and full credit to them. As you said, they've won all those other grades as well throughout the club. I mean, even the great Parramatta, they haven't done that from, you know, back in, back in 81, 82, 83, when they completed yeah. they, they dominated. Yeah, they dominated all the junior grades uh, did Parramatta. They haven't done what Penrith have done. So that's oh, a yeah. fantastic achievement for the, for the Panthers. And, and, yeah, and full credit to, uh, to you know, Ivan Cleary uh, and his team, you know, um, He's he's come back. Uh, he went to the Tigers there for a couple of years, and you know he, he got the sack. He got the sack by Gus Gould. He didn't think he was he was up to it. <laughs> Gee whiz, what a coach! You know he, he spearheaded the team. And the big thing, Nathan Young Nathan said about his dad that the bit one thing I really love, love about my dad is the fact that he's so loyal. And I think the players that he's so loyal to them, and that comes through. They just put their body on the line. They trust what he says. And they play that way. They have no fear. They have no fear at all. Um, and that, that that's the team that he's built. So it's a, it's a remarkable effort and and congratulations to him. Yeah, look, Para, I, I said they didn't play shocking. And they didn't play shocking, but they didn't help themselves either. There was a couple of moments there uh, that I don't agree with the short line dropouts in a grand final or a finals match for that matter when the game's still in the balance. I think just kick it deep. But Gutho went short and put it out over the sidelines. That's a gift two points for Penrith. Then he tried another one, which was uh, snapped up by Penrith, and they scored the next set, and it was suddenly 18-0 when Sorensen scored, and that doesn't help. And then you had you had Mike Acevo, you know, just in a regulation tackle from Crichton, spilling the ball with a line wide open. You've got to have a better grip on the footy. Penrith take those chances, and, and Parramatta didn't take mm-hmm. theirs, and that's the difference. And, and Micah actually missed a few chances through the final series. Uh, which, you know, he'll need to work on because, you know, every try is so crucial at this time of year. Wanga Blake turnover near his own try line, which led to a, a Toto try early in the second half. So just when the Eels needed a really strong start of that second half, it came unstuck. And they were never coming back from 22-0 down. But, I mean, the first 10 minutes, Jimmy, I loved it. I, I thought um, 
that they were going set to set. It was really intense, some big hits. Moses Leota in particular, he's, he's the most underrated player in the comp, Leota. He's fantastic. But Parramatta were giving as good as they got, albeit just for 10 minutes. Uh, and the chant around the stadium, Jimmy, was was enormous. The power chant, it was mm. just sent chills mm. up me. And, and it was just like the good old days and the flags were flying. They temp- There was more Parramatta fans there, let's be honest. Uh, Penrith tried to start a chant up and it just – it just got drowned out, but once Crichton scored that pretty simple try back on the inside, uh, Penrith got in the groove, and they, Parramatta just couldn't get out. They just got suffocated, and from there on, Parramatta fans mm. fell silent. And I think that was a, a big thing for Penrith, just to take the crowd out of it, and they did that. And I think, like what you mentioned mm. before, I think in hindsight, Parramatta should have trained at Accor Stadium, partly just to get the feel of the grand final, but also because they had two crap results at that ground this year. Canterbury smashed them 34-4 and South smashed them 30-12. So I think it would have been beneficial to get there, get those demons out of the system and and just soak it up, have a look around the field. And, and yeah, they probably did play it like a club game rather than a grand final. Yeah, yeah, they, they did, you know. Um, and, and, and it was a grand final. I honestly thought it might have gone 50-50. I thought, well, you know, if they can possibly... As in Parramatta can put a lot of pressure on 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 Nathan Cleary, nullify his kicking game. I said Parramatta's really going to come into this game, um, but but they didn't. You know that they, they didn't. Put, they couldn't put pressure on him. They were on the back foot. Uh, it's hard to play footy when the back foot. And and yeah, young Nathan, he's forward to dominating. He, he's yeah, Lu, Luai was. Oh my God, Luai stepped yeah. about ten times on the one bit of bit of grass. Mm-hmm. He, was, he had some amazing footwork. Luai, Steve, the young Crichton was oh. When he got in the clear, you know, I thought Gutho should have got him. It's a tackle you've got to make as a fullback. That's what you're there for. You know, he, he showed some amazing footwork um, in big games. And it's it's big ga- it's big games that the players stand up. And there wasn't too many um, in the Parramatta side. I can't think of any, actually, that stepped up in the Parramatta side. But but they did try, but they just – no one took that chance. Sivo missed a, a golden opportunity to get a try there. He should have, should have taken that opportunity. Yeah, it wouldn't have made any difference at all. You know, it was in the last, um, yeah, probably the last ten minutes of the game. But um, uh, they, they, they just, they just didn't look like scoring until the last five minutes. Right. Well, we haven't mentioned this guy, and he was a Clive Churchill medalist. He was outstanding, and Parramatta would have known he was going to be outstanding, but they still couldn't shut him down. He's just a freakish talent. Dylan Edwards uh, ran for two hundred ninety odd meters, eight yeah. tackle busts. He was. I think he threw the last pass to Steve Crichton to score the opener, and he was just everywhere. He's the energizer bunny. Yeah. Um, what do you think of his game as a former fullback? Yeah, look, look as a former fullback, I've watched him over the last uh, two or three years. I've seen him develop. You know, early on, he was a very suspect under a high ball, whether he'd catch it or not. Uh, he, he just had a running game. Um, and he's grown in stature each year, and this year in particular, he's come ahead. He's actually developed a passing game into, into his game now. With his running game, um, and he, that, that well, that t- tackle that he made uh, was an absolute cracker. Even though it didn't have an impact on the game, but it was a tackle that had to be made. You know, he showed um, number four for Parramatta. I can't think of his name. Simonson. Um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he got him, showed him the sideline, and took it. And just a, it was a great tackle. Just a great, just a great moment. There were so many great moments in the game. But uh, uh, Moses Leota, when I think he smashed about three. Parramatta guys in a row. I'm, I'm sitting in my chair going, oh, my God, that's just so brutal. That is just so – it was just an unbelievable game as far as, I said, brutality. Um, and, and, and you have to take your chances. 
Uh, you know, and I, and I don't know. Say on, on a Gutho, I don't know why Gutho defends in the front line. Yeah, you know, he's been caught out before. Uh, it's a modern. It's not just him. It's modern fullbacks defend the front line. As soon as you put the ball down, Ivan Cleary's smart enough. Gutho went one way, and, the, and, the, and the, Nathan Cleary was standing on the other side of the ruck. He was never going to get to the ball when, when Sorensen scored. Just um, simple things like that. That's opportunities missed, which he shouldn't. He shouldn't. Have, he got his pants pulled down. He, he shouldn't have got his pants pulled down. He's a better player than that, but you know, you only get one chance in the grand. Well, he may have played another grand final, and I'm sure he'd be disappointed with his with his performance on the weekend. So, you know, it's all about taking your chances. Um, and Parramatta, they just they didn't they threw very little at the mighty Panthers. They threw, he threw very little at them through their through their halfback um, Mitchell Moses. Well, they just had nowhere to go. The Panthers. No, I'm not playing Mitchell. Yeah, I'm not I'm playing Mitchell Moses, but he, he's the playmaker. He's the one that's got to try and spark something up. Yeah, you know, they tried a couple little short kicks along the ground or across, which looked pretty dangerous. Well, they need they needed to, at some stage they needed to just throw uh, caution to the wind. They needed to score points. Just on that tackle from uh, Dylan Edwards on Simonson, it's been compared to Scotty Sattler. What's your take on that? As good as tackle as, as it is, I don't think yeah. it's quite as good as Sattler's because Sattler's. It's yeah, like, it, it was not Edwards' fault. Sattler's was, no. was in the balance. Uh, it was a forward on a winger as opposed to a fullback on a centre. And I I think Simonson probably made it easy for him. Yeah. He, he just kept running that straight line. He, he should, really should have put a step on. Uh, Edwards had him covered really from the moment he got yeah. in the face. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He, he only had one way to go, and that was down the sideline. So uh, I'd back him to, to have enough pace, pace to, to take him over the sideline and make the tackle. He should have changed his direction and, and cut back in. Um, but he, you know, but smart, smart work by by Edwards. He, he did show him the sideline. He took it and then he cut him down. But at the stage of the game, it didn't have a great bearing. But it was just good theatre, you know, a, a good, good covering camp by, by fullback. But you couldn't compare it to the Scotty Sattler tackle um, against the Roosters all those years ago. Yeah, both sides of the ball, Parry just got bashed. Have a look at the Panthers' forward pack. Unbelievable. We've already spoken about Leota. Then you've got Coruscant, who's so smart out of dummy half. But before him, Mitch Kenny, very good defensive player. Then you've you've got James Fisher-Harris. Holy hell, how hard is he? Scott Sorensen coming off mm-hmm. the bench. The back rowers wreaked havoc. Kickow and Liam Martin was just outstanding. And then you've got mm-hmm. Isaiah Yo at the back, who was... You know, as good as he always is. Yep. So there's just nowhere to go. And, again, it proves no. the best defensive team in the competition will win the grand final. You remember that from back in the day. Yeah, the Bulldogs like reign supreme. And in Parramatta at 86, whoever has the best defensive record is going to get the job done. It's, it's a well-known fact. Defences win games. And, you know, uh, Parramatta's defences improved dramatically towards the back end of the year. Um, and, and, but, you know, on the day, uh, Penrith's defence was just outstanding. And and yeah, Warren Ryan's always said that yeah, good defence will always beat good attack. You know, the great coach who who dominated the eighties with his with his tactics, and uh, it's still in the game forty years later that those tactics are still true. Uh, good defence it, it will always beat good attack, um, and uh, they will just yeah you know, get your get your defence right, your attack will come, or they will just completely dominant uh, you know, again. Uh, yeah, Cleary Cleary played well. Um, I don't think he was the best player on the path. I think they picked the head, they got it right there um, with with um, Dylan Edwards uh, as, as the, the fullback for the Clive Churchill winner. But he was now if he wasn't the best, he's probably the second best player on the field was Young Nathan. So how scared should other teams be? When does this Penrith reign of terror end? Are they going to keep going? Can they win three in a row? Yeah, I think they can. Yeah, obviously they've got no kick out. 
uh, and no happy Coruscant for next year. That's and kick out kick influences. He's an intimidator. He's an, yeah. He's an enforcer. You know. You know. If, if it gets tough, he's going to step in and he's going to make a difference. So he just sort of sits back and bides his time. But you know, other sides know that he's there. So yes, he's going to be a loss. Uh, this young fella coming through to replace Happy Coruscant, that the one I think his name is Luke. Um, I saw him play reserve grade or New South Wales Cup uh, beforehand. He's an outstanding player as well. Really, so they admit it's like for like with him coming in to replace Happy Coruscant. So I don't think they'll lose anything there. And you never know what the other players they've got coming through as well, which are going to develop over the next 12 months. So, yeah, they've got their, their spine in place. Yeah, the, this young fellow, young Luke's going to step up. Um, and and, and the, the amazing thing about Penrith, it's a great you know, model for other teams to try and follow, but I don't think they can because. It's just fantastic what they've done. It's 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 really really refreshing to see you don't have to go out and buy the best players to win a comp. You can develop them from within, and this is what they've made. lost their first one. They won their last two. Are there a chance to make three in a row? Then they talked about teams with dynasties. You know, winning two in a row. The great Canberra sides. You know, the Broncos sides. Canterbury, um, obviously Parramatta. They are up there with those sides. As you said, no one's done what they've done, winning all their grades. So. It, it, the, the the stamp is there that, that they've for the, for the future that, that they can continue on. Oh, absolutely, they can um, Matt Burton and Kurt Capel. We thought they'd miss them, but they just covered their departures so easily. Yeah. They just get another one, like a row of sharks' teeth. Another one just comes up to take its place. I can definitely see them win three in a row, which is sad for me as an yeah. Eagles fan because I always wanted that Parramatta to be the last team to win three straight. But these guys. Like we've already mentioned, how they've won all four grades. They've, they've got players coming through. They're, they're, and why would you leave? Unless you want more cash, I guess. But young players mm-hmm. who want to win competitions will will stay for less. So they've got things covered. Um, the uh, Panthers. It's it's scary for the rest of the field. Um, so yeah, they they are still uh, on the rise, in my opinion. Because Nathan Cleary, what is he? Twenty four. He's going to lead that club, and he's just so hungry. He just loves success, and he's just not going to back off. And Jimmy, I know I give you a bit of a hard time from time to time, but I've got to give you a wrap right now because you have nailed the outcome of this season. Have a listen to what we both had to say back in episode one. And I don't want any bragging at the end of this. I want you to be a true professional as we push on with the rest of the podcast. Now, premiers. Okay, who are the champions? Well, who's the grand final? And then who's going to win it? Um, I think, who who is the grand final? Two teams in the grand final. Yeah. Uh, I think the Panthers are going to be one, and look, I probably shouldn't say this, but I think Parramatta might be the other one. And who's so the winner? I think who's going to win? It's going to be Battle of the West. And who's going to win? Ooh, uh, the Chocolate Soldiers. So you're saying Penrith back to back premiers? Back to back premiers. Yeah, I think they can still do that. Um, yes, that's what I'm saying, and it's. You know, it'll be to make an event like that. There's only been, I think, two teams in 40 years that have made three grand finals in a row, but I think they can do it. They've got such a good squad. Well, we are actually in a grand. So I, I also think Parramatta Penrith grand final, but oh, we're no. going to, I'm going to flip the result around. Bad which luck, will Parra. surprise no one. Uh, Jimmy's code word of the week yeah. 10% off your next order yeah. at George's yeah. Fine Meats, Cherry Brook. What's the, uh, well, I can guess, oh, I can guess the I'll tell you what. And Wayne yeah. will be very happy if you go that way. That's exactly right. Wayne is a Penrith Panthers tragic fan, grew up out there in uh, Panther territory, uh, and the code word is Penny Panthers. 
That's the code word for the week. Go in there and say Penny Panthers and you'll pick up. Wayne will give you a 10. He might even give you 20% next week. because he's, He'll be very happy as a Panthers loyal fan for, since he was born. What a, what a side that they've developed into. So Penny Panthers is the code word for the week. All right, Penny Panthers, well done. Um, now, just for our Roosters fans, we shouldn't leave them off those list of great teams you mentioned because uh, the Chooks did win two in a row in 2018-19. Yep. And, in fact, that first half last night reminded me very much of what the Roosters did to the Storm in 2018 in the first half, which was the same sort of thing, just bash the Storm in that first 40. I think the score was the same, 18 mil at half time, game over. That was That was so comprehensive and... Penrith's first half against Parramatta, I think, was in the same ballpark. So, anyway, I think they'll, uh, I think they'll go past the Chooks. I think they'll get three, ro- three in a row. I can't see. Yeah, that. yeah. And, and there hasn't been too, too, there hasn't been too many teams in my time. Hey, Ruby, that's right. I think you might have to go back maybe to South Sydney, where I'm talking in the '69 through to '70, '72. So that this, if they, if they're successful next year, it'll be it'll be four grand finals in a row. I mean that's no one. No one makes four grand finals in a row. If they win three, um, you know the, the great manly sides. The great, you know, you, you really are talking um, South Sydney or South Sydney. What? What? Seventy seventy one. No, I think. Well, I uh, think uh, Melbourne. Although they were cheating the salary cap at the time. Oh six, oh seven, oh eight, oh nine. They were definitely four. And mm-hmm. Parramatta was in four, eighty one to eighty four. Um, so yes, correct. Yeah, but I, I, I can't, I can't take um, the storm because, as you said, they cheated the salary cap. So yes, at Parramatta eighty one to eighty four. Uh, if not for uh, Canterbury, they would have been eighty five. As the uh, great, the great Canterbury side bumped them out. Could have been eight, and then eighty six they came back and yeah, due to due to and I, yeah, Parramatta success. I know he hasn't been feeling well. Ray Price um, is due to the Ray. I think they, they played in six or seven grand finals. In ten years, when Ray Price played in the side, um, absolutely, he drove that team like no one. And and I hope he's well. And he's, he, you know, I hope he's well. Um, he's got a bit of the early stages of dementia. And uh, I feel for Price. I played with Price, and um, you know, what a great player. What a great, what a great player for this game. And and you know, so that you, you can't replace guys like him. No. Well, I can tell you, he. I was, no. with him, I was with him on grand final day at the luncheon. I was lucky enough to host that one. He was up on stage with Mick Cronin and Steve Ella, and he's still very much with us, Pricey. He uh, he had the crowd eating out of his hands. He had some great stories. He had some great one-liners. Very good timing. He had people laughing. And at the end, uh, you know, when I said what would a Parramatta Premiership mean to him, he, he actually, you could see the tears welling up in his eyes. I'd never seen him emotional before. He's such a warrior. I just didn't think. I'd see that, but he was. It meant so that so much to him. So he, no, he's definitely uh, he's definitely uh, still there, and, and we wish him good all the best. Hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. And what about Parramatta, um, Jimmy? Can they and, um, this? Can they can they come back and and contest again next year? They're losing a few players. Yeah, of course they can. Yeah, they're young enough and. The, the amount of experience all those players will get, of course they can. Now that's that's what that's what good sides do. That's what, that's what great sides do. They learn, and and they they'll come back better, stronger next year because they've got that experience. You know, it's always going to be difficult that first game, as I said. Uh, yes, yes. Obviously, they're going to lose a couple of players, but I think the, the structure is still there. That they their ad lib footy is the best in the competition. Their, their offloads is the best in the competition. They just need to just need those big moments. There's big moments come in grand finals 
big moments come in every game. And when the big moment's there, you've got to – hopefully those players will have learnt from their loss yesterday and they'll be much better players next year for Parramatta. So that's, that's what I hope eventuates. Oh, they'll learn so much from the just from the pain of losing and I'm sure they'll have a different approach. Even Brad Arthur said after that Cowboys win, look, I don't know what I'm in for. I've never been here before. He'll learn things yeah. from Brad Arthur and – and well done to him. I thought he had a, a fantastic season. There's always unnecessary criticism of Brad, and I thought he did great to get him into a grand final. Should have been nominated for Coach of the Year, but there was a, a yeah. few obvious decisions in the Dalian Awards. Yeah, yeah. I, I must say, when, when they interviewed Brad Arthur at half time, I think they asked him, "What what what have Parramatta got to get back in the game?" I think what was it eighteen nil at half time. He said, "Oh, we just got to hold the ball or get off the line quicker or something." That's what he said. I said to my wife, "I said." <laughs> He doesn't know what to say here. I felt, really felt sorry for him. He doesn't know what to say. He's just saying what you know what you're supposed to say. He had no answer. He had no answer to the first half. Um, and uh, he'll learn as a coach, just as just as Ivan Cleary has learned as a coach. Um, you know, he's, he's it was his 200th game yesterday at the Penny Panthers. So what a great 200th game uh, for him to win a grand final. So yeah, and I think Brad Arthur's about 230 games at, at, at Parramatta. So he will learn from it. He'll he'll appreciate those big moments and um, what needs to be said to get his players back into the game. He had a similar experience in 2020, Ivan Cleary, when they were down 26-0 in the grand final against the Storm. He's obviously learned a lot out of that. Parramatta, they are losing a lot of players in in terms of the forward pack. They're losing Kafusi, Papalihi, Mani, Nia Kore, and probably Nathan Brown. I mean, there's five players who played last night. That's a huge, huge hole in your forward pack. So... Mm. Uh, Josh Hodgson comes in, mm. Nate Hopgood from Penrith. So uh, they'll, they'll they'll do their best, but that's it's a big it's a big vacancy. So plenty of work there for uh, Brad Arthur. Yeah, I th- tell you one thing: the Panthers could probably work on is their Mad Mondays. They had some issues last year, particularly around social media use. A couple of dodgy videos, uh, a couple of problems again today with uh, James Fisher Harris. You know, taking a little jab at Parramatta, calling them their sons. Uh, that's a follow-up to Jer- uh, Jerome Luai's jibe that we're the daddies of Parramatta and now apparently, yeah, the Eels are their sons. And uh, Abby Corusau <laughs> made light of the fact he's going to the Tigers and he made a joke that, oh, you know, I'm going to win competitions at the West Tigers and he had a big laugh at the end of it, a big sarcastic laugh, which I'm not sure Tigers fans would be too thrilled with. I know we've got to cut them some slack because they've had a huge night out, but they just need they need a couple of minders, I think, the Panthers, just to say, hey, let's just uh, be careful what we say, boys. Yeah, yeah. The, the world's changed, Horsey, with, with social media and you can't have a joke now. You can't have a bit of a joke without it being captured and turned around and reinterpreted and, you know, which is a bit sad, I think. Yeah, they're entitled to have a good time, let their hair down. It's been a long, long 12 months. I think they can say and do most things as long as it's respectful, um, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, personally, I'm not offended as a Parramatta fan because I think it adds more spice to the rivalry. No. Parramatta will draw on that for the next game, and I think it's great. Bring it on. Uh, World Cup squad announced Jimmy, uh, three of the yeah. Panthers in the Australian. Yeah, sure squad. is. Yeah. So that's uh, Nathan Cleary, obviously. Isaiah Yeo's come in as vice-captain. And Liam Martin, thoroughly deserved uh, call-up to the Kangaroos. And Dylan Edwards, though, he's only a standby player. Many people thought with that effort last night he would go into that squad, but he's just on standby. Alongside Dally M winner Nico Hines, which many people are surprised with also. 
and Damien Cook, who's the incumbent hooker, he's he's also just a standby player. What did you think? And only one Parramatta player, Regan Campbell-Gillard. Yeah. Look, I don't know how uh, Nico Hines, week in and week out, he's the best, you know, he wins the Dell which is the best player of the year. If he doesn't make the best 24 players uh, in Australia, that'll do me. Yeah, he should have been picked in the in the in the squad. You know, if he's just won the Dalian medal for the most consistent player of the season, if you can't make the top twenty-four players, that'll do me. I'll turn it up. You know, there's been some selections there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Howard Campbell, Campbell Graham, good player, Campbell Graham. Let me tell you, but he's no Nico Hines. Nico Hines can play anywhere from seven through to fullback. So, he, you know, anywhere in the, in the back line, he can play from seven through to fullback. Um, and would never let you down, and, and 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 a quality goal kicker as well, and a quality human being. So I cannot believe how he's missed out. And Dylan Edwards, well, yeah, what? Okay, they've got they've taken Tedesco, and they've got as a as a backup fullback. I mean, okay, you've got you've got Latrell Mitchell, but he's going to play centre. Okay, so who's your other specialist fullback? You haven't got a specialist fullback. Um, you know, Val Holmes obviously can play fullback. Burton can play, but they're all part timers. You need to have a special guy at fullback, and he's a specialist. And yeah, to win the Clive Churchill and not make the squad of twenty-four is just—I um, think it's a really tough call. Yeah, when you look at guys like Jack White and got in, uh, you know, Nanai and, and Tawalungi, uh, they're, they're outside back from Townsville. Um, yeah, Jake Javoyevich, I think was was very lucky to get in. Um, RCG, well, RCG, he's the only one. You know, he's the only one from Parramatta. Uh, you know. Um, the Roosters get three. I don't know how. I don't know how Lindsay Collins or Angus Crichton got in. I really don't know how they made it. Um, and um, obviously Cameron Murray from South Sydney deserves his spot. Penrith is there. Penrith only got three players in the squad. Now Yo, uh, Cleary, and Martin. So um, yeah, but they've got a stats. The most yeah, a lot of them have chosen to play with Tonga and Samoa. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, New, uh, Townsville got four guys in uh, with Cotter Holmes. Nanai and Tualungi. The Storm only got two uh, with, with Grant and Munster. So right across the, the, the park, it's a squad of 24. I think the breakdown is, is New South Wales 13 players and Queensland 11. Um, yeah, so, you know, which, which I suppose current form, but I, I, I can't believe how the Clive Churchill winner would not make it in, in Dylan Edwards. I really think that's a, a missed opportunity. I feel sorry for the kid. Yeah, well, I've always thought that they should pick as many players from the grand final teams as possible because you want guys that are, are fit, they're battle-hardened, and we've only got four out of the 24 have come from the grand final team. So you're going to have 20 players that haven't had a lot of footy of late. Yeah. So, that, you know, that could be a little bit underdone to start that tournament. That's a bit of a risk. Just on Nico Hines, I guess selectors yeah. are thinking we've got Nathan Cleary, Ben Hunt, Haley Cherry Evans as our halfbacks. There's just no room for Nico Hines unless we had him as a utility um, but uh, I guess that's their thinking. Yeah, well, you know. Um, I actually think uh, it, Coruscant was a bit unlucky too, Happy Coruscant. I thought he should have got a goon. Yes. Looks like they're going with Harry yeah, well, Grant. Harry, Harry Grant's going to be the one, and poor old um, yeah, Cook, the the incumbent uh, hooker for Australia, um, he, he's, he's been left out. As for, you know, always look at the past, and I think you're right there when you say picking players, that have played in the grand final, then you pick them again because they're battle hardened. That they've played all the way through the semi final series. Like when we picked the, in the World Cup in um, in eighty eight, there was five from from Balmain, and there was four from Canterbury. So nine of the nine of the fifteen players had played in the grand final. That's normally where your players come from from, the, from that grand final. So we only had 
you know, three players um, from the from the Panther side and only one from Parramatta. That, the selectors have changed their thinking, which they've had for thirty years. They've, they've certainly they've got done a backflip on um, on that on that philosophy. And just a little bit of our judiciary news also out of the grand final. Eels lock Ryan Madison. He's looking at three to four weeks on the sidelines for a crusher tackle. So he's not part of the World Cup. So he'll serve that at the start of next season. Four weeks, honestly, there wasn't. Yeah. The bloke sort of backed into him, really, the way how I saw it. And uh, unlucky to get four, three or four weeks, or four weeks, sorry. That's, that's a, yeah, a, a tough call. But look, the one thing about the grand final, at least the bunker wasn't involved. It was a clear-cut decision. You know, uh, we the, the referee, you know, Calvin Klein, Calvin Klein let the play run. He didn't interfere and, and start pulled things up. He let the play go before he gave his first penalty, I think, after about 10 or 15 minutes. So, yeah, I, I think Calvin's possibly been listening to the fend- some constructive criticism that we've given him because I thought he had a really good game because he let the game flow. He needed to be pulled up when it was pulled up, and that was the beauty of the grand final. It wasn't stop-start, and there wasn't too much bunker. So, yeah, the league, have, obviously, someone's listened to us, and uh, and they've taken those very valid points on board as a reflection of, a, of an excellent quality game. Which brings me to Horsey's hark back for this week, and let's talk about great grand final referees. And, look, I want to have uh, Bill Harrigan there at the top of the list, and I just wondered what you thought of uh, me nominating him. Yeah, he did let the game flow. He definitely let the game flow when he when he wanted to. You know, you could be offside and you just let it go, depending who was refereeing. So, you know. That's quite kind of you. You're talking about Bill Harrigan there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. He did have the, the penalty for Bruce Maguire with um, with Steve Walters where he, he said he was offside. That that rule doesn't exist. He's been, he does make a bit of stuff up as well. He should be writing storylines for Brothers Grimm and Fable Story. That's what he should be doing because he makes it up as he goes along. Does young Bill. Anyway, on the back of a 6-1 penalty count, the first half, he lets he lets play go. Yeah, Remember Warren Ryan shouted at him at halftime? He shouted it from the bleachers. Warren goes, hey, Bill, there's two teams out there today, not one. It was 6-1 the first half. It was 2-1 the second half, so it must have helped. He, he must have felt let God us back in the game, but it's the ones that he, that that he doesn't give. They're the ones that hurt you, not the ones he gives. The ones that he doesn't give. Yeah, uh, Bill Harrigan was a, a guy who just liked to manage the game, and he'd overlook things if it meant the flow of the game could continue. And uh, but these days, they'll pick up everything. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you can't manage it today. You got to be, you got to be. Um, uh, call it how it happens. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore something that's happened. You've got to call it as as, as it's played. Otherwise, the bunker will be in your ear. So, um, and you know, I think that's that's fair enough too. You know, you've got to you've got to play what you see. And I understand there's a, there's a balance between letting game flow and, and interruptions with penalties. Um, yeah, but he he liked to let the game flow. I will agree with you on that. Uh, now, two parties who would have been very happy with last night's game were the Tigers and Bulldogs because they've got two big signings. Well, four, so four players from the grand final are going to end up at those two struggling clubs. Obviously, the Tigers with Coruscant and uh, Papalihi and the Bulldogs with Marnie and Kickout. So that's really going to lift them, isn't it? They're, they're four big signings. Yeah, yeah. It'll certainly lift Canterbury. Who played pretty well this year under Mick Potter? That, those signings, I think Marnie's a really good good signing. Kickout's an excellent signing, you know. Uh, so that'll certainly strengthen that their pack up. And 
that with Papa Lee, I think Papa Lee is is underrated. Um, I think you saw what what a good player he is, um, Papa Lee. So I think he'll be even. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that, that that will go through when he wants to, he wants to go to the Tigers. There's talk that he may not want to go, but hopefully he he does go to the Tigers because we we need him. We really if we're building a side, we need him, and we obviously need Happy Coruscant on the side as well. Um, he's the best hooker in the game. I, I think he is. Um, bringing those forwards on them. We've got a, a good young pack. Just need someone to lead them up front. So there's a couple of big signings for the uh, for the Tigers. And uh, strictly, you know, if you don't win the game up front, you can't win the game full stop. So that'll add a lot of strength to our with those two guys included into the Tigers pack for for 2023. Fend at the end time, Jimmy. A uh, couple of things I wanted to give a serve to. Uh, firstly, the pitch invader. I'm not sure if it ever made the coverage, but some goose ran on the field somehow evaded security and ripped one of the goalpost pads off at the northern southern end of the ground and, uh, yeah, evaded a couple of good sidesteps, actually got him around security, but play continued down the other end of the field, so I'm not sure if anyone ever noticed. But, um, yeah, just stay off the field, you half-wits. And uh, the other was, I just thought... It didn't come through, mate. It didn't come through. Okay, fair enough. I thought the entertainment... Uh, Jimmy Barnes was great. Uh, I thought that was good, but... Um, I thought outside of that, for people at the ground, I thought it was a bit lame. And I thought um, at half time in particular, there's enough time there to get someone out to do something decent, some sort of entertainment. But we were we were treated to a, a, a spectacle of musical statues, for want of a better term. And I, I thought we could do better for the biggest day of the year in terms of uh, rugby league matches. And I just, um, it was a bit uh, underwhelming. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well. Yeah, you can't please everybody, buddy. Yeah, 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 they try hard. Obviously, there's going to be some people that, that don't like it. And I always, I always like Jimmy Barnes. You know, um, I missed the, the the other part of it. I was uh, tied up moving. <laughs> so I missed that, that part of the the, the the statues. I missed the statues. But um, uh, look, uh, Barnes, is, Barnes, he, he covers all areas, 80s, 90s. True legend of the game of, of the rock industry, and Jimmy Barnes. Let me tell you, is a big Tigers fan. I think he probably listens to the Fend as well. Does Jimmy? Says Jimmy Barnes, a true Tigers fan. And I must say, look, I was down in Wollongong the other day on Saturday, and a bloke walked up to me and said, "Jimmy, how are you?" He said, "I just want you to know I watch the Fend." So he lives in Wollongong. Michael's his name. He listens to the Fend every week, so he's a big fan of the Fend. So I just want to say, cheerio, Michael, and thanks for saying good day to me. Hopefully, I'll see you again. Soon, and you can tell me what a great episode. <laughs> you can't wait for next year. Uh, good on you, Michael. Yeah, we've got one fan. We're very big in Wollongong, apparently. Um, now, we did promise we're going to do the Jimmies this yeah. week, but we're going to hold them back for next week, uh, build up the suspense. So, we'll have one more episode next week where you yep. can nominate the uh, best characters of the year. So, that'll uh, that's obviously a, a rating smash hit for us. Yep, so just wrapping up, well done to the Panthers again. Uh, Premiers for 2022, back-to-back, clearly the best team of the year, and they deserve it, even at the expense of my poor old Eels. And Jimmy, uh, well done, mate. A good grand final wrap. Yeah, thanks, Horsey. Look, I've got to go, mate. It's 5 o'clock. It's dinner time. So Donna's put the pump on me already. She wants, she's wants. she got dinner on the table. So we'll have to cut short this episode of The Fiend and, and catch you up next week. Rupi Rupi wants to go to the toilet, so I've got to take him outside of the toilet. So we're going to have to go. I want to know. You've done what, a great job as well. What has Donna whipped up for Dindins? <laughs> Not much. Not much. That's it. Probably uh, Brussels sprouts or something or, or asparagus on toast. Oh, stop it. <laughs> 
All right, well, stay healthy, and thanks, everyone. For listening. <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening to the fan. Then we'll be back yeah, next week yeah. for the Jimmies. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone. Catch up with you next week and go the Penny Panthers. Thank you.